1: Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello
0: everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. It's always great to come home to America. Even if I'm visiting wonderful places Wonderful, wonderful places Like Israel I'll tell you a little bit about it In the third hour I want to thank all the wonderful guest hosts And they are great uh, For stepping in as well And I hope you enjoyed our Monday and Wednesday program Of last week And they are up on MarkLevinShow.com Our big deal radio website If you want to check them out Those I thought were very, very informative interviews now, ladies and gentlemen, the World Cup champions, the women, I don't give a damn if they won or not. Everybody's saying USA, USA, USA. They didn't represent me. Uh, I, I should clarify this. I'm sure several of them are quite patriotic. But two of the, uh, the leading players... I can't pronounce this Megan's last name, so I won't waste my time. Megan and Ali, I believe they are, were obnoxious punks. Particularly this Megan, who is a big fan of Kaepernick. She's a foul mouth. I don't appreciate that, but the F word. She has trashed our country. She's trashed the president. And I'm supposed to be rooting for her? I'm not rooting for her. I don't really give a damn in the big scheme of things. I like getting behind our teams when they're playing on the international, you know, forums and so forth. But this team embarrassed us. They embarrassed us. The team from Netherland was more respectful of our flag and more respectful of our country Then we're Megan and Allie, who mean nothing to me. Nothing to me. And I don't care how much they get paid. They take their social justice BS into the stadiums, and we don't get paid as much as the guys, and we should get paid the same. It's a big article in Forbes about how they shouldn't get paid the same. Enormous amounts of money come into the the men's soccer uh, league throughout the year not just in these uh, championships. And they get a smaller percentage of a bigger pie. These particular female players get a bigger percentage of a smaller pie. I'm supposed to sit here and sob? How much do they make? Do we know how much they make, Mr. Producer? I've been looking. I don't have any idea how much each one of these players makes or what they're going to earn from the championship, and I don't much give a damn. I really could care less. But we're all supposed to get into this now. We're all supposed to get all worked up about this now. They don't get paid the same. Every time I hear this, they don't get paid the same as the guys or they don't get paid the same as this. I always wonder, can I see the actual information? And Forbes laid it out. So what do they earn? It's a bizarre world we live in here, ladies and gentlemen, with our media and the left and how they project their reality onto us, which has nothing to do with how we live our lives we spend more time talking about illegal aliens and the rights of illegal aliens and the treatment of illegal aliens than we do about American citizens, of which there are many more, about their lives and how they're treated. We don't even talk about it. How to improve their lot in life, which economic system is better in that regard, a debate I'm dying to have with Bernie Sanders, but of course, no. We spend more time talking about illegal alien children than we do about American citizen children. Because this is the agenda of the left. I don't give a damn about the Women's World Cup champions. They're the ones who make me turn my head and not give a damn. And so now we have to cry crocodile tears that they're not paid enough. Give a damn. I could care less. It's all about social justice and social activism and how America sucks. And now we're supposed to celebrate these women. I'm not going to celebrate them. They don't celebrate our country not going to celebrate them Now two of these clowns They drop the American flag One of them steps on it And then one patriot I wish I knew her name Reaches in and picks it up She deserves a pat on the back She deserves a A celebratory salute But she's not the one they focus on It says Megan and Ali What is it? Kelly O'Hara Thank you Kelly thank you we celebrate these anniversaries like d day like d day not going to celebrate these clowns running around in gym shorts effectively spitting on the american flag and the american system these are spoiled brats that's what they, i don't care how hard they work at their sport that's what they want to do great they're spoiled brats you didn't see any behavior by any other team on that field from any other country not one not one now all we do is talk about them oh poor athletes don't get back. I'm so sick of all these athletes I'll be honest with you whether it's football or basketball, it's always racism. Racism. This guy doesn't get this. This guy doesn't get that. He wants to be on this team. He wants to earn that money. He's not treated with respect. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I've never understood these baseball players either. Are they members of a union or not? They, they negotiate these independent contracts that are worth Tens of millions of dollars for some of these players. Hundreds of millions for some. And they're union members. You know, excuse me? Yeah. And I'm supposed to worry about them too? I don't care about them. Any more than I care about how much football players get paid. Well, of an equal amount. They get 56%. Who cares? Who cares? Soccer. The fact of the matter is, if you're like me, you don't follow women's soccer until it probably gets to the World Cup championship uh, matches, right? Is that right, Mr. Producer? You're not going to follow soccer five months from now. You're not. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Male or female soccer. I'm not putting down soccer. I could care less. I'm just making a point. And so, all these people getting behind, uh, you know. Yes, these women have a point. Who cares? They have lawyers. They have agents. They have power. They have publicity. They've got everything it takes to demand whatever they want. Well, they were great on the field, Mark. You can't take that away. I'm not taking anything away. If you can open your big mouth and say stupid things... About this country, because you're an illiterate when it comes to history. You have no idea what you're talking about. Then I get to respond. I don't have to sit there like a clapping seal, and clap and balance a ball on my nose. So count me out. I'm sorry they won, and I could give a damn about their pay. I'll be right back. Much
1: lovin'.
0: Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arne argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at LevinForHillsdale.com. That's L E V I N For Hillsdale.com. So I'm looking at a photo of this U.S. women's national soccer team. And you know what strikes me, Mr. Producer? Looks like the Swedish team. Virtually every single player is white. Now, there's two who appear not to be, and maybe there's more. But I'm just playing along with the the common modern-day culture. This looks like an overwhelmingly white team that does not have much diversity. Now, how come that's not being reported? You know, whenever you have a Republican convention, they go, look at this, there's no diversity. Look, look, look no diversity uh, in, the, uh, in the audience uh, among the delegates there. Okay, I'm looking for diversity on this soccer team. I don't see a lot of diversity on this soccer team. It could be the Swedish team. You know what, it couldn't be the Swedish team because the captain and the, and the other leader of the Swedish team didn't trash their country didn't trash their country in fact to my knowledge no other team had any soccer player who trashed their own country I just got back from Israel you would never see this from an Israeli team they're proud of their country never but now it's hip you see it's hip to trash your own country Now, how much history do Ali and Megan actually know? Probably none. Probably most of the information that they've learned uh, is from the current culture. Or anything about this country, probably. And so this is the weird thing. This is the weird thing. We have the media focused on illegal immigrants and the media focused on a non-diverse soccer team where I'm sure these, these young ladies earn a great deal of money, even though they don't think they earn enough. But when it comes to the common American citizen, common in terms of income and so forth, nothing. You're a bunch of schmoes, according to the media. All bunch of schmoes. There they are playing in Lyon, France, celebrating with this weird squat thing that they're doing. When you watch golf, the critics of golf, look at them, they're just chasing a little white ball, these golfers, you know, country club elite types. Well, when you watch soccer, what are you watching? People chasing a big white ball or black and white ball. It's the nature of sports. You're chasing something, you're pushing something, you're throwing something, you're catching something. But I have to say, a couple of their teammates rush forward to pick up the flag that this Ollie Long dropped on the ground. <sighs> Look, we have men and women overseas right now, one hellhole after another, wearing American flag patches with the American flag on their equipment, with the American flag on their tanks, with the American flag on their, on their jets, carrying an American flag into war, then we have this. There's such a great disconnect between the men and women in uniform who defend this country In the military, the men and women in uniform would defend this country and law enforcement in this crap right here. And this. We celebrate the wrong things. We allow them to take our culture and turn it upside down. They're not paid enough. Well, then go do something else. No, it's the injustice of America. It's nothing to do with the injustice of America you got lawyers, apparently you don't have very good ones. But again, if you read the Forbes article, it makes more sense as to what's taking place here. When you look at the season-long income, the men have enormous increase in income, enormous amounts of income beyond what the women have. It just is the way it is. And I don't care. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my country. What affects me is when you make an ass of yourself on an international stage and put down your country. While people who are your age, how old is this, Megan? She's like 30, right, Mr. Or 32, something like that. There are men and women in uniform today who are serving in Afghanistan, in Syria, yes, Iraq, Kuwait, all over the world. All over the world, who are 30, 32 years old, they make nothing. They put their lives on the line. We don't know their names. And they carry the flag into combat. And they're proud of the flag. And they're patriots. Not Ali, not Megan. Maybe they're the ones. Maybe they should get paid the same as the women soccer players which would probably increase their pay by a hundred or five hundred times who's worth more to you ladies and gentlemen I know who's worth more to me I wouldn't even be discussing this but they rub our nose in it and then the listen to these sportscasters and others report on this this is quite a team you know they're outspoken they're political who gives a crap Who the hell is Megan and Ollie to be lecturing us to be putting down this country? Millions have died so they could play soccer and earn a fortune. These parents have raised brats. That's what they've done. That's what they've done. You can always look at a country and look at the imperfections. Because every country is imperfect. It just so happens ours is less imperfect. We live in a great country. A great country. So morons like this can do what they did after they won a championship. America has changed greatly since I was a young man and not all for the better, that's for sure. I remember those Olympic athletes I believe they were getting a gold and a silver. I think it was track. And they did the black power move. You remember this, Mr. Producer? I I believe their medals were removed. They were somehow punished. Today, they'd be heroes. In the media, in the culture, they'd be heroes. Think that's a turn for the better? I don't. I'm done talking about this. I don't care about this team. I don't care what they won. I don't care what they're paid. They don't care about the men and women who carry the flag. They don't care about our history. They don't care about this country's greatness. And they told the whole world all right, I was listening. So were you. Screw it. I'll be right back. the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right, you can subscribe to Imprimis for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit inprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's I M P R I M I S. Hillsdale.edu. Welcome to Hillsdale. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and
1: you can join in at 877-381-3811.
0: Maliak, Dayton, Ohio, Sirius Satellite. How are you?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Levin, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you. a lot more I want to get into tonight, but you go right ahead
2: sorry i know you wanted to kind of get off this topic but uh back to the the women's soccer i just wanted to say i appreciate it excuse
0: me excuse me why do they call it women's soccer aren't we told not to make distinctions between and among gender
2: i know and it's ironic well yeah it'll be interesting to see when the uh transgender or cis or whatever
0: well i i I do have to say i'm quite troubled by this I, i truly am i mean We're teaching our kids uh, that uh, gender specificity is between the ears and not between the legs. Uh, We're trying to teach them to be very open minded about what kind of bathroom they use and who they shower with in the gym and so forth. And then we have this this sort of segregated this this genitalia segregated league. Uh, We have women's national soccer. And, And then I look at the team who keeps talking about racism in America and they're almost all white. I know, I know. It's uh, well, hypocrite, hypocrite. So why does this team only have women, and why is it almost all white?
2: I, I know, I know. They, they, if they really stopped and listened to what they say all the time, uh, they'd realize they're they're kind of setting themselves up to fall. But I I, I appreciate the athleticism. I appreciate this, the the way they play. That's fantastic. But the problem is now they're given a platform. People are listening to them, and Rapino the the um, the young lady, the captain, uh, about a month or so ago, someone made the comment, to, are you going to go to the White House? And she said, I'm not going to the effing White House. And uh, then they, they made this lovely comment. Our country was founded on slavery, which makes my head want to explode, because that line is used so many times. all,
0: well, the country was not founded on slavery.
2: Exactly. What a horrific and it's well, improper it's English all the way around. But then to just say that it makes me nuts. There were pilgrims pilgrims seeking religious freedom so stop saying that most asinine statement but unfortunately this this woman who is supposed and
0: and and she acts like the civil war never took place
2: i I know it's insane it's insane i don't know are they just being really lazy and no one is going to basic history class anymore i i i truly don't I, I i
0: think i think we have to come to grips with two things really the one is in my book on freedom of the press which really instigates the, the improper focus and the discussion. And now academia. Academia is an ideological monopoly, much like the media are an ideological monopoly, which is why I wrote on Freedom of the Press. People really need to understand what's taking place in this country. These things didn't just happen. They're happening now. Over a long period of time, the seeds have been planted for this. Uh, you can also see whatever the left touches, they destroy. They destroy. You may have your personal opinions and so forth, but you don't use an international platform to trash your country. You never served your country. You've never done anything for your country. You're, you live in luxury. You're a famous person, or at least quasi-famous person. You, uh, you are where you are as a result of being on a team, the United States team, if you really think America is so horrible, why would you play for a team like this? I'm, I'm quite serious. Because they're narcissistic and egomaniacal. That's why. She's narcissistic and egomaniacal. And it's,
2: yes, I, I agree. I agree. Well, and I find it also.
0: If you want to speak out against slavery, there are countries today that practice slavery. There's slavery in a number of continents. Speak out against it. Fight it as an American. But don't, but don't, but don't, say that we're a systemically racist nation. We're not, particularly when the vast majority of your team is white, and I mean white, white.
2: I agree, yes, sir. And it's, but, it, but, but again, they have a platform now, and so young, young girls who enjoy the game of soccer are with their minds as mush. That's that's
0: why parenting is important. That's why I'm doing right now what I'm doing. Don't be afraid to stand up to this.
2: Agree. I agree, and we, we're doing it—that's why my children went to a, uh, Catholic schools. That's why even within the public colleges that my daughter's attending, we have conversations. She's, she's frustrated. She said uh, in a sociology class, they have no qualms about calling equating Jesus with Hitler. No problem whatsoever. But of course, there are many other religions that they would never make any kind of <laughs> comment because you'll have a violent uh, response. Uh, or or there's more respect for other religions, whatever those may
0: be. All right, my friend, you make excellent points. Here's what she said. And I feel very fortunate to be in this country. I'd never be able to do this in a lot of other places. But also, that doesn't mean we can't get better, and it doesn't mean that we shouldn't always strive to be better. I don't disagree with a word of that. I think this country was founded... On a lot of great ideals. But it was also founded on slavery. This country was never founded on slavery. And I think we just need to be really honest about that. Really honest about that. Is there somebody who's unaware of this? Is there somebody? I know more about the Civil War. I'll bet she doesn't even know anything about any of the battles of the Civil War. Or any of the men who fought these battles. And why they fought these battles. I wonder how many of Abraham Lincoln's speeches she read both in the 1858 debates when he was running for the Senate, as well as when he he was president of the United States, she would learn a hell of a lot. Need to be really honest about that and really open in talking about that so we can reconcile that and hopefully move forward and make this country better for everyone. I don't know what that means. Talk about what? Talk about what? And I have to tell you, I have no interest in talking to her Because she shows no respect for the country. She can say this now. It's appalling. And these attacks on the president of the United States are disgusting. It comes straight out of the media. And these other people see it. And these other people hear it. And they regurgitate it again. I have a long section in the book. That shows you how they talk about Trump. What has Trump done? He hasn't done anything. To harm anybody. In fact, he's hired more minorities over the course of his business career than apparently the uh, United States Women's National Soccer Team members, all but a few of whom are white, which I think is a crime now. You can be a leftist and want to turn this country inside out. I detest it and I fight it. But when you conduct yourself in a way that demeans and degrades the country, that's a whole other thing, ladies and gentlemen. It just is. You can be tough in criticizing the country and so forth, but when you are disrespectful, when you take the symbol of a great nation and treat it like it's nothing, when you look at the imperfections, because all humans are imperfect, I dare say that Ollie and Megan are imperfect and try to exploit them to draw attention to yourself, that's contemptible. This country has done so many wonderful things for so many people. And trust me when I tell you, if we had systemic racism in this country today, we wouldn't have an illegal alien problem. Because most of the illegal aliens are coming from the third world. Most of the illegal aliens are coming from the third world, not Canada, not the, not Sweden, not even Europe, generally. Some, they're coming from the third world, most of whom are not Caucasian. Why would you try and rush into a country? Let, let, me, let me be blunt. Why would you leave a majority... Hispanic country to come into a majority white country. Unless you felt your country was so terrible and there were no opportunities there or worse and that America was a land of opportunity. How come it's never phrased that way? Here's the bottom line. The majority of the American people are the nicest people on the face of the earth. You. You. I don't care what color you are. The vast majority of the American people are tolerant, are beneficent, are open-minded about race, about gender, whatever. We are a great people. We are a wonderful people. There's exceptions. There's evil everywhere. But 320 million people from all kinds of backgrounds, all corners of the earth, doesn't get any better than this. The tranquility that we have. But we have a political party that cannot survive when there's tranquility and harmony and unity. And I'll be perfectly honest with you again. It's Barack Obama who blew the lid off of all this. It's Barack Obama who introduced division, and race-baiting, and all the rest of it back into this country. And I might add, anti-Semitism. That's right, I said it! Who introduced it back into the country? A man of the left. Now everybody tries to outdo Barack Obama and the Democrat Party. It's a scary thing. All right, I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. We've talked enough about this soccer baloney. Had enough of this. There's a new book on uh, Kavanaugh, Justice on Trial. And of course what that man went through was hell on earth. Hell on earth. But I want you to know. He's been a very disappointing justice so far. And he shows signs of being even worse. Look I know. I said this when he was nominated too. People jump me. Because they think I'm being critical of the president. It's nothing to do with the president. President trying to appoint the best people he can to the court. But Kavanaugh is becoming sort of a John Roberts light, and John Roberts is a disaster. And I could tell. I could tell in the uh, Obamacare decision that Kavanaugh wrote, which uh, was basically lifted by John Roberts in that 5-4 decision upholding Obamacare. It was wrong on so many levels. And you can go back and listen to my programs. They're all up there on my website, marklevinshow.com so I agree nobody should go through the kind of horrendous confirmation process that Kavanaugh did really we all witnessed it that said uh, he's no Clarence Thomas he's no Robert Bork he's no Antonin Scalia he's no Gorsuch he's no Alito and he will disappoint for decades I'm sorry just the way it is he will And books will be written about that one day. I take it too. I think. The Betsy Ross flag. What an embarrassment. There I am in Israel watching this. I can't believe what's happening to my country. The Betsy Ross flag. All of a sudden it's the it's the flag of the Klan. I never saw it as the flag of the Klan. But if the Klan steals the... Betsy Ross flag for its own use. What does that have to do with the Betsy Ross flag per se? So the Anti-Defamation League, which in the past has been quite a good organization, but today not so much. It's run by a leftist who used to work for Obama. But I was shocked. This is the Jewish Journal. They said the Betsy Ross flag is innocuous. The Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism senior research fellow Mark Pitkovich, whatever his name is, told the uh, Chicago Tribune or AP, whatever it was, on July 3, that the Betsy Ross flag is innocuous and it isn't typically used as a white supremacist imagery. But it didn't matter to Nike because Kaepernick said, remove it. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, Yeah, just do it. We'll take it. We'll remove it. Now, the Anti-Defamation League's spokesman told it was CNBC that, white, that while white supremacists occasionally use the flag, he has never seriously thought about adding the Betsy Ross flag to the ADL's database of hate symbols. We view it as essentially an innocuous historical flag, he told the AP. It's not a thing in the white supremacist movement. So now we had a whole controversy. A pseudo-event around something that's not true. Betsy Ross's flag is not a symbol of the Klan or the neo-Nazis. Here you have a group that monitors symbols, for crying out loud. You say, well, actually, we, uh, we, we've not seen the Betsy Ross flag, as it's come to be known, used very much by these groups. So Kaepernick is an ignoramus. The executives at Nike are cowards and ignoramuses. And they self-censored, they banned, they removed a graphic from a sneaker. That's not even offensive. Because people want it to be offensive, but it's not offensive. And there's days and days of debate. They bring in this idiot, Michael Dyson, what, what is that guy's name? Michael Eric Dyson, that's the guy they bring in. He's the hitman, if you will, for the left. Anytime they really want to stoke the flames or stir the pot of race, he among others. He's going on and on about that flag and the swastika. And the Anti-Defamation League says, uh, actually, there's not a problem with that flag. oops. Oops. <clears throat> It won't matter. It won't matter. And then you have this idiot, AOC, as I unaffectionately call her. You know, they get letters. Like RBG, because she's a left-wing kook, former general counsel of the ACLU, on the bench. A reliable left-wing kook. Ooh. ARBG and now we have AOC wow well they're both a crock in my opinion and she's quoting Eva Perón the former first lady dictator of Argentina and a Nazi sympathizer and a communist sympathizer a Nazi sympathizer and a Stalin sympathizer AOC is such a moron. She's such a dunderhead that she's putting out quotes from Eva Perón, the former uh, wife of Juan Perón, another dictator, both gone, both destroyed Argentina. More on that when we return. It. Well, let's see if I can find this. I don't think I can in time. I've decided I don't want to talk about this. Aach and Talib and these other haters, and they are haters. This Talib, uh, in particular, her parents came to the United States from the Middle East. They're Palestinians. And it's amazing to me. They came here voluntarily. They came here by choice. And their daughter hates this place. Hates it. Well, then why did they come here? I'm being perfectly honest with you. Why do you come to a place that's so awful? And And I'm just concerned that we have more and more individuals coming into the country who are being taught by the left, by the media, by academia to hate this place. It's easy to attack. Because you're free to attack, right? Let's talk about a few other things here that are... Well, before we do that, this is on my mind, so bear with me, okay? There are... Well, let me just tell you. So I'm overseas, as you know, I'm in Israel. The Unfreedom of the Press, my book, was number one on the New York Times list for five weeks in a row. So after a while, you know, new books come out, and you can't keep up the amount of sales each week. But it's been remarkable. And then when I'm in Israel, it hits number four. So it goes number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, number four. And I looked at the sales numbers. and I said to my wife, that's not correct. I'll bet we were number two. I'll bet we were number two. So today I asked the publisher, let me see the sales numbers. And we were number two. We beat Michelle Obama. And we beat uh, David McCullough, the historian. So we were number two, but they gave us number four. Now, I don't expect us to always be number one at this point. It's almost impossible. I mean, for a month and a week, five weeks, that's pretty incredible. But this is what I mean when I talk about the New York Times to you. It's not new. If my book's not way out front, they're going to give it to the the also-rans. And that's exactly what they did. But as you know, I've been extremely critical of Wikipedia. It's basically a couple of people who sit in their basement eating uh, Hershey Kisses uh, in four-day-old underwear... And who don't shower. And many of you have read on freedom of the Press. You see the five stars on uh, Amazon. I want to read you the entry in Wikipedia. Just so you, you hear this. We've had some excellent book reviews and we have some very negative book reviews by the usual sources. You know, NPR, The Guardian, and so forth. So guess what's in Wikipedia? If you didn't know Mark Levin and you read much of what's in Wikipedia, you wouldn't know me. It is a sleazy smear operation. Levin's Unfreedom of the Press, this is in Wikipedia, which was released on May 21, 2019, became the number one best-selling book on Amazon.com three days before its official release as a result of pre-order sales. The first week that it came out, we sold 127,000 copies thanks to you. On Freedom of the Press also became a New York Times number one bestseller on June 6, 2019, in the combined print and ebook nonfiction and hardcover nonfiction categories. Here you go. Lloyd Green was critical of the book in The Guardian. Writing that the book is not exactly fan fiction, but it can get ahead of itself when discussing the special counsel's conclusions, ending up sounding like the fake news the author and Trump both purport to abhor. This is Wikipedia. Anal Lisa Quinn, remember her? Wrote a national Public radio online that, quote, along the way, Levin looks at the New York Times Inadequate coverage of the Holocaust. Full disclosure, I write freelance pieces for the Times. And touches on a handful of clear problems in American media, from the often poor distinction between reporting and opinion to the distorting incentives of the Internet. Quink continued, but the book is largely filler. Quotations and paraphrasing make up the majority of the book's central chapters. Lengthy and irrelevant block quotes from historians about, say, colonial printing practices give the book the air of a padded student essay. They go on. Quinn also wrote Levin conducts no interviews, presents no original research, and visits no newsrooms. And when Levin does offer his own analysis, it can approach parody. Those are the two reviews in Wikipedia. None of the others. None of the others. Do not use Wikipedia as a research site and do not allow your children to use it because this is what it is. It's a load of you-know-what. The reason we talk about the original printers is because that's where it starts. The world didn't start today with a woman's soccer team or with Kaepernick or with uh, Brian Stelter. I heard Brian Stelter just signed a book deal. Just signed a book deal where he's going to write about Trump and Fox. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know how many books Jim Acosta has sold in five weeks? Books, hardcover books. You know how many, Mr. Producer? Slightly over 11,000. That's it. That's it. I predict Brian Stelter will sell less than Jim Acosta. Slightly over 11,000 total hardcover books up to right now. You know what that is? That's a complete flop. I just checked the numbers. I sold almost 14,000 last week, in one week. It's not to brag, it's to explain how perverse things are. The media in this country are not popular. But there's a propaganda machine. Wikipedia is one of the propaganda machines. Brian Stelter is a part of the propaganda machine. So the way it should be on the New York Times list is one, 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 one two. But it's not. And that's okay. Because I drove them nuts for five weeks, didn't I? Actually, you did. You drove them nuts for five weeks, thanks to you. And it's a very, very important book on freedom of the press. And I'm going to write another book on academia soon. Because I think these are just two areas that need to be addressed, exposed, for all to read and all to understand. I really do. Because these are two areas that are supposed to be, truly be the freest. Freedom of the mind, freedom of thought, freedom of debate. And they are among the most tyrannical among the most tyrannical. But I thought you'd be interested in that. Again, it's inside baseball. But nonetheless, I think it's important, don't you? Now, we have uh, this group, Antifa. Antifa is a vile, domestic, terrorist, Marxist militia group, which very few Democrats denounce. Now, Mr. Bidusa, let me ask you, off the top of your head, when I was overseas, did many of the Democrats running for president of the United States denounce Antifa's violence in Portland, Oregon? I mean, I looked. I haven't seen much. Have you? You haven't seen any. Have many of the so-called hosts, anchors, journalists at major... Democrat Party news outlets and newsrooms. Condemned Antifa. I mean, not just in passing, but in any kind of a sustained way. Do any of them want to know who the leadership of Antifa is? They don't care. This is a violent organization that needs to be crushed. A violent organization that needs to be crushed. Now, they used to actually praise Antifa. Over at the Blaze, they put together a montage. You have Chris Cuomo, Leisha Brooks, whoever that is, Don Lemon, Mark Bray, there he is, Michael Eric Dyson, Sarah Sidner, whoever that is, and others. Thank God for Antifa. Here's the montage, media types, cut two, go.
2: I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal Morally, in the eyes of the law, yes, but in the eyes of good and evil. Here's the argument.
3: They are strictly principled anti-fascists. And what they see in the Trump administration and what they see happening in this country, they see they see the neo-fascism that we see. And they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. It says
1: it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. I think that a lot of people recognize that
3: when pushed self-defense is a legitimate response to white supremacist and neo-nazi violence
1: the problem is to equate the violence in reaction against bigotry with the bigotry itself is to misunderstand the fact that when you go to cancer treatment the
2: radiation is tough treatment but it is meant to remove the cancer they wouldn't have been anywhere near there had it not been for the fact that white supremacists, neo-nazis were out scaring the living day louts. Out of most of the people in that town, thuggishness is thuggishness
1: wh- wherever it comes from politically, and, and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree.
0: <laughs> they have attacked cops, journalists, businesses, not just about you neo know, Nazis and Klansmen. If you wear a MAGA hat or a MAGA shirt, they'll try and beat your brains in. And the media has essentially defended them or made excuses for them. Don't tell me we have a free press. We don't have a free press. We want a free press. We support a free press. We have an unfree press. A Democrat Party propaganda machine. I kept hearing and when I came back I was reading the President's Popularity rating is the highest since he's been in office. I believe it's 47%. And they said, but the negative is over 50. And I thought to myself, well, I'm amazed the negative is not 80 or 90%. Even the daily left-wing demagoguery and propaganda against this president. On everything and anything. It's amazing that he has 47% popularity under the circumstances. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. The, uh, they celebrated Independence Day, um... In Israel, we have a very, very patriotic, absolutely terrific ambassador in Israel by the name of David Freeman. He's the U.S. ambassador to Israel. We also have a great ambassador from Israel to the United States. His name is Ron Dermer, but I want to focus on Freeman. And he wanted to have a big Independence Day celebration in Jerusalem for the United States. And they had it at a convention center there, and it was mobbed. I mean, with standing room only. I'd say there were three to four thousand of us, and it was incredibly enjoyable. Incredibly enjoyable, and very patriotic. People were waving the American flag. None of this, you know, uh, soccer nonsense. And Ambassador Friedman gave a great speech. Others spoke very well, too. And then the Prime Minister of Israel speaks, and, you know, he spent a good deal of time in America. Uh, He and I went to the same high school. He went to MIT. His father was a professor for a period of time in the United States. His hero brother, Yoni, was also in the United States. You may recall he was the commander in the Entebbe raid, and he was killed by a sniper's bullet at the very end. The last one, get on the plane. Um, and, you know, I'm spellbound. I'm listening to all these speeches, and I'm listening to the prime minister. Listen very carefully. Up your volume. Then the prime minister of Israel said this. Go ahead.
1: Thomas Jefferson said he was young, you know, and very impetuous. When he wrote the Declaration of Independence, he said the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and Levin? No. Uh, and the
2: pursuit of property.
0: There you go. <laughs> I go, what? It was not only hilarious, I was honored. You know, he was the second guest on the show. And that was the show that had the highest ratings uh, when the prime minister was on the program. <laughs> but who would have thought he would have remembered that? But whenever he sees me, he goes, Life, Liberty, and Levin. He's a very nice guy, as is our president. As is our president. So I thought you'd get a kick out of that. At least I did. All right. Let's keep going. Joel, Manhattan, New York. The great WABC. Go. Great Mark Levine. Thanks Levine, for the but go right ahead. Thank you. Now, I was so disgusted...
1: Especially in view of the fact that Jill Ellis, the coach, she being a gay herself, you know. LGBT. All right,
0: thanks for your call. Well, let's get into this gay stuff. Come on. That has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything. I assume Mr. Call Screener, he didn't bring that up to you. He didn't, of course. People come in here, they want to take their little shots, and then they run off. Uh, No, that's not going to fly. There are many gays in this country who are super patriots. Let me just tell you that. And that's fine by me. I wasn't talking about sexual preference. My criticism has nothing to do with that. So don't try and turn it into that. This isn't your dinner table where you can spew out whatever you want to. We're going to have a serious discussion about these things. We have a soccer team that is almost all white, where the captain is going on about racism. We have a soccer team that's whining that they don't get the same amount of money as the men's soccer team when Forbes has a big piece out there explaining why. Because they generate enormous amount of income on the men's side, much more than on the women's side. And I don't give a damn anyway. I don't care what they earn. I don't care why they earn what they earn. They don't matter to me. It's a soccer team. And if you show my country disrespect and the people who fight under that flag disrespect, regardless of how you walk it back, then I just don't give a damn. I really don't. It doesn't matter to me. There's a lot bigger issues in this country. And I don't want to discuss this anymore. Period. We're going to move on. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet.
1: meet to defend liberty and defeat tyranny call the mark levin show now at 877-381-3811
0: all right do you wish that double chin would just disappear newsflash ladies and gentlemen people look at your jawline it simply tells your age here's robin from lubbock texas i put genosal jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago this is the best my neck has looked in 20 years People told me my face looks young, and I'm blown away. You know, folks, using MDL technology in Chamonix's proprietary base, Genesel's brand-new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around the neck and jaw for tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. See results right now before your eyes or 100% of your money back, no questions asked. Hello? 100% of your money back, no questions asked. Call now, and the classic Genesel for bags and puffiness is free with your order. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, Genesel Immediate Effects is also yours free. No double chin, no turkey neck, no sagging jawline, because no one needs to know your age. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or com. Get your two free gifts and free express shipping. Just call 800 skin six zero four. Or go to Genesel.com, that's Genesel.com, 800-SKIN-604. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you're well aware, Iran is a terror state. Iran is threatening the whole world now with uh, a, a move towards the nuclearization of its arsenal. It was always moving in that direction anyway, which was the problem with the deal. It just gave you a couple extra years. The Brits intercepted one of their oil tankers. The Iranians are selling 10% of the oil they were selling before the president put in place those sanctions. They're hurting. That's good. Economically, that's good. Now are those in this country, including some in media, some in think tanks, some in the Republican Party and elsewhere, (coughs) excuse me, who are repeating the Iranian propaganda. There's no big deal the Iranians get nukes and ICBMs. No big deal. Well, I don't know about you folks, but that Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran is a big deal. If they get those weapons, it changes everything. And it endangers our children and grandchildren and generations yet born. It is a big deal. You know, this generation has to stand up. Excuse me. Not just the men and women in uniform who have stood up, but we the civilians, we have to stand up too. And so the other day I read in the Washington Examiner about this new foreign policy think tank. And I looked at the two billionaires who were involved in funding it or launching it. New Coke, Soros foreign policy think tank headed by Iran Deal Advocates. Did you hear this one, Mr. Producer? By Jerry Dunleavy at the Washington Examiner. I want you folks to listen to this. D.C.'s newest foreign policy think tank funded by libertarian Charles Koch and left-wing George Soros was co-founded by a nonprofit leader who is integral to the passage of the controversial Iran nuclear deal. Trita Parsi and the group's other four co-founders, Andrew Basvich, Stephen Wertheim, Eli Clifton, and Suzanne DiMaggio are all pro-Iran deal advocates as well as harsh critics of U.S. foreign policy and of Israel. Parsi, the founder of the National Iranian American Council and an adjunct professor at Georgetown University was a prominent and instrumental go-between for the governments of Iran and the U.S. during the nuclear deal negotiations. The U.S. entered the controversial nuclear deal with the Iranian regime under the Obama administration in 2015. President Trump withdrew from the deal in 2018. By the way, all you left-wing so-called journalists, who loves dictators? It seemed to me Obama does. Paid one of $150 billion dollars. Proponents of the deal pointed to the limitations that it put on Iranian uranium enrichment in exchange for the lifting of sanctions. Opponents of the agreement said that it gave billions to the Iranian regime without addressing problems such as Iran's support for international terrorism. Not only that, it didn't stop the Iranians. It just delayed them for a couple of years. That's it. Who enters a deal like that? Now, Parsi, part of this Koch-Soros think tank, wrote in 2017 that He was consulted by the U.S. government during the Iran deal negotiations while in close communication with the Iranian regime. The new Quincy Institute for Responsible Statecraft, funded with $500,000 each from Koch and Soros, says its name for President John Quincy Adams, who said that America goes not abroad in search of monsters to destroy. Wow. Who can disagree with that? The new think tank was announced earlier this week in an op-ed which said the new group is one of the most remarkable partnerships in modern political history. Why? A code pink libertarian linked with a left-wing kook, Soros? I hope some of these senators who go to this seminar, like Mike Lee and this guy Ben Sass and others, I hope they're paying attention. Because they're throwing in with the likes of these guys. And I consider Mike a friend, but they really need to start to uh, distance themselves, in my view. Soros has helped bankroll pro-Iran deal lobbying efforts, donating tens of thousands. And here's the thing. This think tank, this entire deal was a fraud. They lied to either people. Remember that section of my book I read to you before about the Iranian deal and this guy Ben Rhodes? They lied, and they had people in the media who were more than happy to lie for them, specially chosen surrogates in the media. And they mocked it, and they laughed, and the New York Times wrote it up that it was a great thing. It was all propaganda. They talked about moderates in the Iranian regime. There were no moderates in the Iranian regime. They made it up. They made up the whole thing. Excuse me, I caught a bit of a cough on this forever flight back to the United States. I'll give you an example. Let me see here. Let's do it this way. The selling of the Obama administration's Iran nuclear deal from Unfreedom of the Press. On May 5, 2016... Long profile piece in the New York Times Sunday Magazine. Obama's deputy national security, Ben Rhodes, bragged about his ability and success in deceiving the American people with a complicit press. The article, you can look it up yourself, was entitled, The Aspiring Novelist Who Became Obama's Foreign Policy Guru, How Ben Rhodes Rewrote the Rules of Diplomacy for the Digital Age. And it says, Rhodes' innovative campaign to sell the Iran deal is likely to be a model for how future administrations explain foreign policy to Congress and the public. In other words, lie through your teeth. The way in which most Americans have heard the story the Iran deal presented, that the Obama administration began seriously engaging with Iranian officials in 2013 in order to take advantage of a new political reality in Iran, which came about because of the elections that brought so-called moderates to power in that country, was manufactured for the purpose of selling the deal. The way the New York Times reporter wrote, he said it was largely manufactured for the purpose of selling the deal. Lies! And they still hold on to this deal. And now we have a think tank built around the deal by the very people who are lying. I don't understand why any wealthy people would now run their money through the Cokes. Just donate yourselves. Because they become utterly unreliable. Teaming up with George Soros? A main argument for negotiating with the Iran regime was, quote, actively misleading, unquote, and regurgitated by journalists who wanted to support Obama's policy. As the New York Times reporter Samuel said, the narrative that road-shaped the story, quote-unquote, of the Iran deal, began in 2013, when a so-called moderate faction inside the Iranian regime, led by Hassan Rouhani, beat regime hardliners in an election, then began to pursue a policy of openness. Ronnie's not a moderate. There are no moderates in this regime. And the article points that out, That was a complete fabrication. It was a complete lie. It never happened. So again, a pseudo event. And what did they do? They went to their press friends and their so-called experts who regurgitated... Who regurgitated the points. And now the Cokes have thrown in with Soros. The Cokes have thrown in with Soros. And you're going to hear more and more from the Code Pink Republicans. You're going to hear more and more from them on TV and elsewhere. And by the way, excuse me, I want to say this to you too. This book is filled with information related to current events, history, philosophy. But at Central, it's about the media and its relationship with we the people. And I want to thank the people in the media, almost all conservatives, or at least not liberals, who were supportive. There weren't a lot of columnists, I might say, not a lot of writers. People who constantly come to me to promote their books and come on this show. Well, we're going to change that. There's going to be less and less of them. But Fox has been wonderful. There's a real journalist there by the name of Brett Baer. And Jesse Waters and Judge Janine, Fox and Friends. That whole lineup. Ainsley, Ducey, Kilmead, On Sundays, too. Terrific with Ed and so many of our friends there, Pete, Jedediah. I really don't want to miss anybody there, but it's possible I will, and of course, my buddy Sean Hannity, when you look at that prime time lineup with Martha and Tucker and Hannity and Ingram, only Hannity had me on the program. Think about that. no regrets whatsoever. We have plenty of Fox time, and I can't be uh, more thankful to the folks there, executives and the uh, and the hosts. And we appreciate it for getting the message out because it's a very very important message. We've got a lot more to go. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: 833 Ring B H N. Get 15% off your first order with promo code Levin. That's brickhouse L E V I N dot com or call 833 Ring B H N promo code Levin. Well, I don't have a lot of time this segment, but let's begin this here. So-called NBC News. Hat tip, right scoop. And they're, uh, they decided to really uh, go low on Mitch McConnell, who, of whom I'm no fan. But this is appalling. They look into the history of this, this man's family, his great-great-grandfather. Might even be great-great-great-grandfather, 160 years ago. NBC News has learned Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who said recently opposes paying government reparations to the descendant of American slaves, has a family history deeply entwined in the issue. Two of his great-great-grandfathers were slave owners, U.S. Census records show. The two great-great-grandfathers, James McConnell and Richard Daly, owned a total of at least 14 slaves in Limestone County, Alabama all but two of them female, according to the county slave schedules in the 1850 and 1860 census. Now what the hell does this have to do with anything? What does this have to do with anything? He's responsible for what his great-great-grandfathers did? I don't even know if he knew the names of his great-great-grandfathers. I don't. So they want to push reparations, and now McConnell's great-great-grandfathers were slave owners, and so I guess he should change his position, that you and I and every other American, well, not every other American, but a lot of Americans, should be paying reparations. And they wonder why people call them the enemy of the people. Well, what is NBC in a story like that? What's the point of a story like this? Who would even conceive of doing a story like this? Who would conceive of doing a story like this? They never wanted to look at Obama's ancestry, ever. His father, his stepfather. I'm not talking about the birther stuff. They just never wanted to look. Because it wasn't very pretty in terms of who they were and what they did. What, are you going to hold that against Obama? What the hell? He can't pick his father. But you can't pick your great-great-grandfathers either. This is truly disgusting. More in a minute. These days you go online and get these phony ads hawking health powders and drinks. They have catchy headlines like Doctors Save Man with Their Weird Trick. Then you sit through some long video presentation with some guy in a lap coat pitching you the hard clothes, so you buy today. Well, my friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, which includes actual doctors and professional human performance experts, they got fed up with all the garbage on the market and wanted to create a quality product that actually would improve your health. And Field of Greens was born. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food. It's not extracts. So go to brickhouselevin.com, one word, brickhouselevin.com, and get 15% off your first order with the offer code Levin. So that's brickhouselevin.com, offer code Levin, L E V I N. Don't get fooled by phony imitations. This is the only superfood I endorse. Start your day like me with a scoop of field of greens. Go to brickhouselevin.com, brickhouse com, then enter offer code Levin. Also L E V I N, obviously. This is incredible. To try and humiliate McConnell. You know, this is why the founders always believe that. You can't hold the children or grandchildren accountable for what their parents or grandparents did, legally or politically. Legally or politically. But look what they do. It's really quite outrageous. Let me read more of this to you. The details about McConnell's ancestors, discovered by NBC News through a search of ancestry and census records, well, why did they do that? You know why they did it. Came in the wake of recent hearings on reparations before the House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Civil Liberties. NBC News and several phone calls and emails to McConnell's office, asked if the senator was aware that his great-great-grandfathers were slave owners. The office did not respond to those requests. Why should they? Why should they? Nobody in this country is owed reparations. But if they are, they're owed them from the Democrat Party. All these people taking a knee, the soccer players and so forth, how much you want to bet they're mostly Democrats? They have no problem with the Democrat Party banner. They have no party no problem associating with the Democrat Party. But I wonder if they're going to go through the backgrounds of all the Democrats and their great-great-grandfathers. Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, all down the list. Is that what you're going to do, NBC News? No, that's not what you're going to do. Why? Because you're not a news operation. You're a sleaze operation. I'll be right back.
1: Come from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody.
0: Mark Levin
1: here. Our number eight seven seven
0: three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Lots to get to in one hour. Rashida Talib. She's the daughter of Palestinians who immigrated to the United States from the Middle East. They came here voluntarily. They weren't forced here. They left their homeland, I guess you would call it, to come to the United States. And they raised a the daughter, Rashida Tlaib, who's also Palestinian. but she hates this country and she's an anti-Semite there used to be requirements when people come into this country sorry but it's true they had to show allegiance to America they had to show allegiance to American principles I don't believe Rashida Talib does just giving you my opinion I don't believe Omar does. And what's interesting about this, it's appalling, but what else is interesting about this, the Democrat Party is destroying itself. So Talib and Omar et al. are now turning on the Democrat Party leadership, which is white, long in the tooth, and by the way, very liberal. Well, they're moderates. There's nothing moderate about Nancy Pelosi. These people are nut jobs, Talib, Omar and so forth. They're real haters, they're anti-Semites, they're anti-American. And the recent immigrants, her recent family into this country. Our immigration policies used to strengthen the country. Now they are undermining the country. And you heard me right. It's nothing to do with white, brown, black. That's their propaganda. Has to do with what's in your heart and soul and between your ears. And so the more people who come into this country who are of this mindset, the worse off the country is. And may I add the Democrat Party. I don't really care about the Democrat Party, but that's what's going on. So they're turning on Nancy Pelosi. They're turning on her. Here's Rashida Talib. Now she's on ABC's this week. Why? She's a backbencher from the Detroit area. She's a radical extremist. She doesn't have a big following. She got elected to the House from a heavily Democrat district. So why is she a national figure? Because the media want her to be a national figure. Why was AOC on national TV this weekend? Because the media want to promote AOC. That's why. Why is Omar usually on there? Same reason. Same reason. Because the media are as radical as Tlaib and Omar and their ilk on the hard, radical left. So here she is on ABC's This Week with Martha Raddatz. Cut four, go.
3: I want to bring up that, that aid package again. In a column in the New York Times this morning, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, said that you and the three other progressives made yourself irrelevant to the process by voting against the bill. All these people have their public whatever and their Twitter world, she said, but they didn't have any following. They're four people, and that's how many votes they got. Do You know, people like us, people like me and Ayana Alhan, and Alexandria, We're reflective of our nation in many ways. But many of us didn't run to be first of anything. But more people like us have been missing in the halls of Congress. More people like us, people of color.
0: Uh, uh, but, but, But what do you mean people like us? There's a lot of people of color who don't embrace your position. As a matter of fact, you four voted one way, and most of the African Americans and Latino Americans and Asian Americans in your caucus voted against you. So what do you mean, people like us? People like whom? You're a radical kook, even within a party of radical kooks. Go ahead.
3: ...in the chamber, because most of us, and Ayanna Presley says it more beautifully, people that are closest to the pain need to be at the table making these decisions. Guess what? We know what it feels like to be- No, human- no, no,
0: no, let me, let me tell you something, genius. Six months ago, you were part of the crowd that was going on and on about a manufactured crisis. South of the border, how the president was a racist, how these were caravans, not an invasion. Don't you remember, genius? You and the other geniuses in your party. You and the other geniuses in the media. You and your ilk on the radical left created this situation. Intentionally created this situation because you wanted it all to fall on Trump's shoulders. Well, Trump has big shoulders and he's been trying to deal with it. No help uh, from from the likes of you on the radical left. Go ahead.
3: We know what it feels like to be brown and black in this country. And I'll tell you right now. Excuse me?
0: Excuse me? We're talking about illegal aliens. Illegal aliens. Who are coming into this country by the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands. In what is becoming a human nightmare for them and for this country. What do you mean we don't know what it's like to be brown or black? What does that have to do with anything? Go ahead.
3: Stand by and sit idly
0: by and allow Brown... But you did sit idly by, you idiot. You played your games for months. You played your games for months. Any other kooks in the Democrat Party? We can secure the border. We can have a humane, manageable way for people to immigrate into the United States we can change our asylum laws so this doesn't happen your party six months ago opposed creating more detention beds your hero Barack Milhouse Benito Obama who's not even radical enough for her he deported over three million illegal aliens well beyond the pace of this current president they want open borders they don't want deportation. They don't want additional detention beds. They don't want additional administrative law judges. They want to get rid of ICE. They want to undermine the border patrol. You tell me, ladies and gentlemen, what does Rashida Talib stand for? The destruction of America. Go ahead. Dark skinned children to be ripped away from their parents. Did Dark skinned children to be ripped away from their parents, she says. Let me ask this nut job a question. How do you know they're their parents? 30% of the cases, it's not their parents. Will somebody ever ask Rashida Talib to slow down, shut up with her filibuster, and answer some questions? What exactly would she do on the border? How exactly would she determine who these adults and children are if one belongs to the other? How exactly would she care for these people? What exactly would she do on the border? Go ahead.
3: What would you Look, say I, directly I, to Nancy Pelosi? Honor the fact that we are See
0: this reporter is a moron. Forget about what would you say to Nancy Pelosi? How about some hard serious tough policy questions for talib but no hey what would you do with nancy pelosi what would you say to nancy pelosi what what would you say directly to her who cares let's go to cut six go
3: alexandria ocasio cortez your colleague who was at the border with you, compared the facilities to a concentration camp. Do you agree with that comparison? Absolutely. I mean, there's a number of experts that say this is because it's traumatic. I mean, I don't know how to explain to people what we saw when we're explaining to people. All right, that's and-
0: enough. That's enough. It's enough from the anti-Semite, anti-America Rashida Talib. Concentration camps. Six months ago, they said this was a manufactured crisis. Now we have concentration camps. These are sick people who will do great destruction to America. You Republicans in these swing districts who voted to give the House to the Democrats, this is what you voted for. Now they're in the majority. The president can only do so much on the border. And he's challenged every step of the way by these front groups who take him to court... These Obama judges who undermine his ability to function. Talib, Omar, AOC, all the rest of the crackpots in the Democrat Party, of which there are many, they created this situation while telling you it was manufactured by the president. They have created this inhumanity. Then they attack the system like good little Saul Linskyites. They attack the system, they attack the men and women in the border patrol, many of whom, by the way, Talib, are brown and black-skinned. Many of whom are Latinos. Many who are trying to do the right thing, trying to do their jobs. But she's not alone. Here's this Chris Coons from Delaware, built up as this really moderate kind of Democrat. You know, he's the goofy-looking one. Well, there's a lot of them, but he in particular... Listen to what he has to say. Cut seven, go.
3: Uh, well, my concern here is that uh, we've got an administration that has intentionally used cruelty to children as a tool of immigration Now, policy. Now,
0: imagine just hearing this every Sunday on and on. That's Face the Nation. Talib was on ABC's This Week. AOC was on with a fake tap out on CNN. The same hate, lies, propaganda day in and day out about this president, his administration, the Border Patrol, ICE, This country, it goes on and on and on. That's not a free press. That is a press that is undermining the nation with lies. With lies. It's incredible. And the race baiting and racism every weekend on these stations is unbelievable. Stephanie Rule, R-U-H-L-E, I guess that's her name, on MSNBC. Listen to this. Cut 10. Go.
3: If Joe Biden were the nominee, they might be able to vote for him, but they're not going to be able to vote for an Elizabeth Warren or a Kamala Harris or a Bernie Sanders. And so, what a Mosh may do is give them a, uh, a give them a siphon.
2: Why not a Kamala Harris? Um, just
3: because she's a little bit too far left, I think. From the and what
2: policy? Of, oh my
3: gosh, where are you going to start? I mean, well, from tell the me because it sounds like it's more just she's too black. Private. Oh, okay, no. So, no, then tell me what policy is too far left. To say Bernie
2: Sanders, Kamala Harris, and Elizabeth Warren, I just want to under I. Bernie Sanders is too old. Why didn't you go first? Okay, but but I get the Bernie and Elizabeth. (laughs) All right, so stop.
0: So in other words, this white woman liberal on MSNBC who somehow gets a hosting job. Kamala Harris, why? Why? She's not too far left. Why? Why? She's too black. All weekend long, all day long. Day in and day out, day in and day out. It is unbelievable what's coming through our television sets today. It is absolutely sickening. So now you're not allowed to criticize Kamala Harris. I'll criticize her all the hell I want to. She wants to be my president. Then we're going to address her positions. I mean, she came up with a new $100 billion plan on top of all the other plans which would help subsidize individuals, minorities in particular, to get homes. Didn't we try this already? Wasn't this the community reinvestment plan? Remember that, Mr. Producer? I spent a lot of time on that over the years, haven't I? We were one of the first to really expose this program, as a matter of fact. Well, we don't have many savings and loans anymore as a result of that. Because they say there's all this redlining going on. Look, if you can't afford a loan, you can't afford a loan. It doesn't do a redlining. That's already a crime. And yet, everything has to be said to be racist in order to advance the narrative: more government, more redistribution of wealth, more socialism, more autocracy, less liberty, less capitalism, less freedom, less free will, less accountability. But you're hearing this every day now with racism. If you don't agree with Kamala Harris, it must be race, says the white woman. But he must be a racist. And the poor gentleman, I don't know who he was, said, oh, come on, because it's hard to answer these questions when people make accusations like this. This Stephanie Rule, who, who's a real sleazeball. Sounds to me she's too black. Somebody say that? Sounds to me like these white liberal journalists feel superior to everybody else when they say things like this. You know, not me. Must be you. Tell me, where does Stephanie Ruhle live? MSNBC, I believe, is in Secaucus, New Jersey. Where does she live in New Jersey? Does she live in Newark? Where does she live? Camden? You want to bet she doesn't? Tell me, Ms. Stephanie are they too black for you? Is that why you don't live there? Shouldn't some of these people be held to the same standard that they project on other people? I think they should. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. step away for a little while like I did Um, when you step away you can see things a little bit more clearly sometimes you know, you're not in the middle of it and you step back and you look at this and you listen to this it's insanity Democrat Party academia and the press have dragged us into this dragged us into this and you can see how depressing it is, how it drags everything down, how it, it, it leaks into all aspects of our culture. It's a terrible thing. And uh, you really don't see this in a lot of... Well, let me put it to this way. When I was in Israel, they love their country. They fight for their country. Maybe it's because they're on the front lines. I said I would discuss this trip a little bit with you, so let me do that. One of the towns we went to, which was really quite fascinating, was a town called Hebron. You can look it up. And I'm going to run out of time. I only have a minute, but I'll discuss it further after the bottom of the Most tourists don't go there. You know why? It's very dangerous. Do you know why it's very dangerous? Because there's only 85 Jewish families in the entire town. Of several hundred thousand. The others are Palestinian. The Palestinian Authority is said to control it, but it's really Hamas behind the scenes. So if you're a Jew and you're living there, you can imagine the situation. But I want to tell you about this town and why we decided to visit it, and why it'll never be discussed by Jake Tapper on CNN or never be discussed by Rachel Maddow or or anybody else. The level of ignorance by the media and others in this country is really beyond belief. Stick with me. I'll be right back.
1: He's driving the media mad. Mark Levin,
0: call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to the great Hillsdale College. Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year. It remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. Now as we discussed on one of the programs from Israel, Hebron, I believe it was with uh, Dory Gold. Who's buried in Hebron? Abraham. Abraham. Isaac. And Jacob. and Sarah, among others. But the Palestinians lay claim to it. Three percent of the area of the city is resident to Jews. Three percent. Eighty-five Jewish families, that's it heavily guarded by the Israeli IDF. And we went. We wanted to see where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Sarah are buried. And so we did. And we went with Colonel Richard Kemp. Colonel Richard Kemp was the commander of all British forces in Afghanistan for a period of time during the breakout of the war there. He's pro-American, pro-Israel. And widely attacked in Britain for his viewpoints. Which are not based on any kind of bias. Based on what he's observed over the years. Hebron. Sound familiar? H E B R O N, Hebron, like Hebrew? The Palestinians claim that Judea and Samaria belong to them too. Sound familiar? Judea and Samaria? The media and the propagandists for the Palestinians call it the West Bank. In 1948, the Jordanians took this territory. And called it their West Bank. It's clearly not on Israel's West Bank. it's on the east side of the eastern side of Israel. And so the historic name for thousands and thousands of years, Judea and Samaria, are not even mentioned in American newsrooms. It's the West Bank, which the Jordanians controlled for exactly 19 years. That's it. And yet the Palestinians claim that it belongs to them. All of it. In fact, the Palestinians claim that the word Palestinian belongs to them. Another lie. The Arabs were never called Palestinians. Arafat decided to use the name to confuse people, or at least to help the American press to spread its propaganda, which is exactly what's happened. Oh, Palestinians! No, they're Arabs. They're not Palestinians. The town of Bethlehem, where Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, where Jesus was born, used to be Christian. Significant majority was Christian. The Christians were terrorized. They were threatened. They were pushed out. It became a very dangerous place for Christians. Now, Bethlehem the vast majority of it, is Arab, Palestinian. I'm using the word Palestinian so as not to create confusion. Palestinian. So that's Hebron. That's Bethlehem. The claims to Judea and Samaria. And now there's Jerusalem. The Temple Mount. Which is the holiest place in Jerusalem? The Temple Mount is the highest point of the first temple that was built by King Solomon, the son of King David. The first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. When the Jews took it back eventually, a second temple was built. It was destroyed by the Romans. The Babylonians and the Romans were horrific to the Jews. There were approximately a million Jews there. All of them were either slaughtered or enslaved, except for those who escaped, a relative handful. A million. It was so bad the horror that the Romans committed against the Jews. As you know, they would, they would nail their hands to, as Jesus died on a crucifix, hundreds of thousands of Jews died that way. They ran out of trees. And so we visited an area called the City of David. The City of David, King David. David. It's adjacent to the city of Jerusalem, but it actually predates the city of Jerusalem. And the city of David was found through excavation, archaeological excavation, professional excavation. And this excavation has been going on for some time, this archaeological dig. And the leadership of the so-called Palestinians says it's all a ruse. It's all a lie. There is no evidence of the Jews in Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is mentioned how many times in the Koran, Mr. Producer? Zero. Not once. You would think if it had been the capital of the Muslims, they would at least mention it once in the Koran. Now, of the religions, the three big religions, at the time anyway, believing in one God, first came the Jews, then came the Christians. First came the Jews, a thousand or so years later, the Christians, and then 600 years or so after the Christians, the Muslims. After the destruction of the Second Temple, and you had a Muslim crusade, if you will, they built a huge mosque on the Temple Mount, the high point of the First Temple, then the Second Temple. And it is now claimed that that's their third holiest site, Mecca, Medina, and the Temple Mount, where the mosque is, and where they claim there was never a Jewish presence. so they claim ownership of the temple mount all of jerusalem and that david and the city of david is a farce now when i was there one of the reasons i was there and i was not on any diplomatic mission not any government mission we paid for ourselves out of my own pocket which is the way i do things nobody paid for anything except me When we were there, they were showing us as they continued this archaeological dig the road that leads from this large pool where people used to wash off, you know, cleanse themselves before going to the the peak of the temple, the Temple Mount. And the more that they dig the more they're finding coins pottery dated the evidence of, of the early Jewish presence there is overwhelming it's undeniable it's science it's physical it's there and the Palestinians say it's all lies it's all lies because they have to dismiss history in order to make their claims and of course, we know that the vast majority of Arabs now who call themselves Palestinians and who are called Palestinians by the rest of the world came into this area, Judea, Samaria, and other parts of what is today Israel, about 150 years ago, give or take. There is no long, grand, great history. Look at your Bible. Where are they? Look at their Koran. Where are they? By the way, this is not a put-down. This is history. This is the way it is. We also visited a town I had never heard of before. And as a matter of fact, a lot of Israeli Jews had never been there. Shiloh. Some say Shiloh. I'll call it Shiloh. What was amazing to me, excuse me, is it actually predates the first temple, which is like 3,500, 3,800 years old. I don't recall. Which was absolutely, I never heard of it before. And when we go to Israel, we like to go to these areas. We like to go to Judea and Samaria, places that people don't typically go to, and you really should if you go there Hebron Shiloh the city of David not the beaches of Tel Aviv and so forth which is fine I just the history is just unbelievable unbelievable really among the earliest of the Jews the 12 tribes this is where they would meet and fight often but this is where they would meet And again, artifacts, archaeological digs showing these things. And by the way, back to Jerusalem. When the Jordanians controlled that city for about 19 years, they destroyed every single synagogue in Jerusalem. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Like ISIS, they tore down every single synagogue. Now, what does the the Israeli government do? It protects the mosques, protects the churches, it protects the synagogues. People are free to pray as they wish. So forth I mean this is real history. Ancient history is absolutely fascinating. You know how I am with history? Absolutely fascinating. And I'll tell you something. Donald Trump has 80 percent approval on Israel, 80 percent. And he will be long remembered before any of these Democrats and these media types in the United States, he will be long remembered a thousand years from now or two thousand years from now. This I can tell you in the Middle East. And the Jews keep, the Israelis, very detailed records about events that are taking place as history has shown. Trump will be remembered. There have been great but horrible conquerors of the area and there have been great and remarkable others who are remembered as well Trump will be in the latter the Romans came and destroyed and the Americans came and supported and saved the two great superpowers the Romans back then we today and what did the American president do he recognized Jerusalem as the capital of the Jews, which it has been for almost 4,000 years. He moved the American embassy there against all advice. He recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights so it could defend itself. And other things. It's quite remarkable when you think about it. I'll be right back. Mark in. <music> Attorney General Barr says he has a new way to get the citizenship question on the census. This, this guy, Bill Barr, has been outstanding. As disappointing as Roberts has been, Bill Barr has been exceptional. The Supreme Court decision is an illegitimate decision. Let me say that. It's an illegitimate decision. The idea that the court can say, hey, look, you know, it might be constitutional, might not, but we don't like the argument you made. We don't believe you. So think of another one. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that is an illegitimate decision. There is nothing unconstitutional about asking somebody about their citizenship status. How do I know this? Because they used to do that on the census. You're supposed to do that when you vote. There's a lot of circumstances in which you're supposed to reveal whether you're a citizen or not. There's nothing wrong with that. Just because the left today doesn't want it revealed, because they want to destroy the nature of citizenship, and they want to call you racist if you ask the question... Who cares? Disgraceful. Demand letters from the IRS are hitting the mail. Now, if you owe back taxes, you may be receiving one soon. And when it arrives, you'll ask questions like, is it true the IRS can garnish my paycheck? Can the IRS really take my home and bank accounts? And can they get my retirement savings? The answer is yes. The IRS can do all this and even more. But there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative an official government program for tax debt assistance. And nobody knows more about the Fresh Start initiative than the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. Optima's mission is to stand between you and the IRS, fighting to help protect your paycheck and assets and helping you get the best deal possible. But don't delay, because the IRS can tack on hefty penalties and interest every single day. Call Optima now for your free consultation while you still have options. Call 800 499 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply, so for complete details, visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. So you can't answer, according to the left and maybe some in the court, on whether somebody's a citizen or not. This is sickening. You can ask them how many toilets they have, how much money they earn, how big their house is. You can ask a 1,001 questions. But you can't ask somebody if they're a citizen. Why? Why can't you? Well, then you must be a racist. No, you're the racist. It's a perfectly legitimate question. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and law enforcement and emergency personnel all over the country. Thank you, folks. You haven't gotten your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. I haven't been around here. I've been out of country. Go to Amazon.com and grab one.